This is always ready, Matt Cardona, the internet champion, the thousand dollar broski, the Michael Jordan of wrestling beer collecting. And listen, I'm way too fucking busy being a deathmatch king to be a guest on Wrestling Cheers. So the least I can do is open up the show. So welcome to Wrestling Cheers, you fucking marks. Taking your way in the world today, takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries, sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you are part of the APA. This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going to Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a review of AIW's Damn. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your Everless This Fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose a desire, WrestlingCheers at Gmail. Dot com. Like I said, this is a preview of AIW's Damn. I've already introduced myself, and uh, it's been a while since he's been on a, a regular episode, a regular preview review, but we have Jay Gold. Hey, good to be back, and uh, uh, again, the studio looks lovely. I like what you've done with the place, and uh, thank you for having me back on again. Yeah, just uh, don't get me sick. Nope, I'll try to keep that to myself. That's a uh, that's a, a sunk cost and the price of going driving all the way out to Ohio eight hours and back. So I promise you, you won't be you. you no one else is getting sick. It's just a just a cold. Yeah, because I'm, I'm going to be making the same trip ish out your way. Listen, Old Bridge, where you're headed, way far far away from me, and uh, and way far away from uh, the mecca over in Richfield Park. So I think you're going to be a okay down there. You're going more towards the south southwest Jersey. So. Um, I think you're going to have a good time at that show and, and not a lot to do there, but enough wrestling. I think that'll keep you entertained. This will actually be, I think my first independent show in New Jersey. Besides the, uh, besides the shows for mania weekend. I didn't go that year. Oh, I went missed to, out. Yeah. I went to Orlando. Well, old bridge is not like Orlando. <laughs> I can tell you that much. It'll be enough. You'll go in. It'll be very, it's very suburby. <laughs> it's uh it's very strip molly and that's really it. I mean, you go, you'll see your show wherever it is and kind of turn around and go home. I wish there was more to kind of tell you to go do, but I don't think there's much. Yeah, it'll 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 still be fun. But I think I didn't realize until like recently that, yeah, this I've never seen a show in Jersey and I've seen like a lot of shows like outside of Ohio. So, well, I assume that next year for WrestleMania in Philadelphia, some people are going to make the trek out here and most of those shows will probably be in new jersey the uh the collective since it's uh where where h2o's uh school is and their their arena is probably 20 minutes outside of philadelphia so i assume a lot of things are going to be run either in atlantic city or in, in watertown or wherever that tremont school is i want to know for that wrestlemania who's going to run ecw arena 
Oh, you could bet GCW will probably get get their hands on that place unless they do some sort of impact or MLW show that the weekend, you know, the week before. But I don't know. I would assume GCW is going to grab it for that Thursday night, maybe for several shows. Yeah, because that's that's the spot for any show. Like whoever decides or how if a lot of shows decide to run there, like something similar to the collective. Like you better make sure that you're going to fill that place. You can't have one of those half-assed collective, you know. 40 people for uh you know pizza party pro or something where they they only get it you know their fans there you're gonna have to make sure you sell that place out if you're gonna book it yeah i would i would think with like that area like that shouldn't be that hard you know yeah i you know you would have thought the same for uh for california and yet a lot of those shows on the collective that thursday and friday look pretty sad so you know people are kind of Two-day WrestleMania really does kill it, I think, especially with SmackDown. So you have SmackDown and both nights of WrestleMania and the the Hall of Fame Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That kind of kills a lot of money and a lot of vibes for people to go to uh, collective shows. Yeah, the two-day WrestleMania thing is something I thought about when it comes to, like, those shows. Because, like, for me, like, when I went to Orlando, let me see, we drove down there, I think, a Wednesday, Wednesday night into Thursday morning. Uh, just ran around all day Thursday. I went to bed because I was pretty fucking beat. And then the my friend Kevin that I went with, AIW friend, AIW fan Kevin Watson, like he went to the first spring break. And then I think there there was another show at that late at night too. I can't remember what it was. Uh, Friday we you know WrestleCon and a bunch of shows. Saturday was mostly just Ring of Honor, and then you know Sunday was WrestleMania. Like, oh, that was the, was that the last was that the no the New York was the last uh, one day so Orlando was the year before right 2018. Uh, no, uh, Orlando was 2017. Okay, so that and that was the one with that that was the one with the uh, Hardy Boys return right. Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah, like, that w- that Friday we went to the WrestleCon Super Show main evented by the Hardy Boys and the Lucha Brothers, uh, Ring of Honor remain evented by the Hardy Boys and the Young Bucks and then the Hardy Boys come back at WrestleMania. Like I literally Was saw that, that PCO's coming out that that um weekend at the Janela Spring Break or was that a different old timer who got a run off of that? Was that still Flow Slam years, Orlando, or was that was that, that already That was Flow Slam. But G- Yeah, so I mean, it had G- to be PCO. Yeah, I, I do want to say that might have been like the big PCO year. Yeah, because we Keith Lee and yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went to because I remember where the, all the Flow Slam shows were at the same place that of yeah we went to Evolve and then we went to Progress. And the thing that I love about that is like Progress and Evolve. Granted, same venue with like an hour or so in between of maybe even a little bit longer from when the show ended and the doors open for the the next show. Like Evolve, I mean it was it was packed with their fans, but Progress was way bigger. Progress is the English company. Yeah. Yeah. Those days were, are, are so long gone. It's, it's, we talked about this the other night with uh bulking season on IW guide that the, those days of those super cards of the super shows are gone because of AEW really cannibalizing and WWE cannibalizing all the indies. And then a lot of the indie companies can't afford it anymore to run in those places and pay travel. And it just, it's become, you know, so hard to get to recapture that, those feelings were great. Wrestling was such a, like independent wrestling was such a strange, quirky peak 
in like 17 to like 19, there were just so many good things that they were able to put out and it just kind of got sucked up by two nights of WrestleMania. I think that'll all come back over time. It's just new people have to become stars and all that. Like that's, that's like the cycle that I've noticed with independent wrestling. Like you got to get the money down as soon as the, when the, when the plane, when the airlines go down and the hotel rooms start going down again, you'll be able to get more you'll, wrestling promoters will be more willing to pay for guys to come in. But as long as you know, the gas is so high. So the plane travel is so high. So the hotel rooms are so high. It just kind of ruins, you know, that's why you don't see as many big names flying into Cleveland it just doesn't pay. It's not cost effective at all to have people fly in anymore. And that's why companies gotta gotta make the new guys. Yep, that's true. Or you gotta, you gotta pull them from from closer. Like, I mean, it sucks that like even with AIW that you know we don't even get like CPA, and that that's not a flight. That was a drive. Like, granted, like it's partially because of how expensive gas is, but yeah, I I love to see CPA back. I would love to see VSK back. Oh, every time I see CPA in Long Island at at Creative Pro, I, I ask him when he's coming back. I know he'd love to one day. I'm sure it'll happen. I think it's just, you know, they, uh, AIW has such a, a full, you know, slate of their new guys that, you know, who are you going to, you're not going to sit one of your students, you know, you're not going to take that experience away from your students. So, you know, it, it, it makes sense on, on a lot of levels where AIW has been pumping out some of these big, you know, we'll talk about them tonight, but their students really do have, have really stepped up and filled the card up. Yeah. This will be another year too, without an, another new talent initiative. It just kind of shows you like where AIW is compared to 2018, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't really need it. You don't really need a talent initiative when you have, you know, a class of five or six guys who all, you know, seem to be hitting the mark. So. All right, let's get into this show. Uh, first thing uh, we always got to start off with was meet and greet. You, you didn't really do any meet and greets, did you? No, I, I already met Ron Simmons at Comic-Con one year and he couldn't have been nicer. I didn't need to, to go ahead and meet him again. Yeah, I I bet him. I think we we might have talked about it last week, but basically, I had the Farouk Assad figure that I picked up a number uh, number of weeks ago, found it at the store. So I, I wanted to get that signed, and I actually had a friend of mine drop off a figure that he wanted to for me to get signed for him, and he ended up paying me back. So I did the did the meet and greet that I was already planning on doing, and then added uh, that signature for him which he got he was like a, just a classic superstars ron simmons figure so that was like really yeah, i was gonna ask you where'd you where'd you have to sign it was it loose or was it in, in a package the farouk oh like mint on card gotta got oh okay if you're getting something signed like it almost has to be mint on card because that when you can display it like especially like hanging like it, it just looks so yeah cool. but uh yeah that's cool yeah i made sure i did that and then i i wanted to get a picture and uh, an eight by ten from stephan lander she the shit she's been doing with cardona like online like the youtube shit is fucking or just uh videos in general because it's also on like twitter and everything like oh my god like so fucking hilarious and it's just like really cool odd couple thing well she's she's as tv ready as as you can be i mean you know she got you can tell you know she's she's when she when she's in the ring she knows where the, the hard cam is she knows her gimmick she knows what what's needed of her, you know. I, I, she's very impressive as far as presentation goes. So you know, mm-hmm. uh, he could have, he you know, he couldn't have found somebody more perfect besides you know Chelsea to fill that heater role for him. So it, it work, it's working out very well. Especially you know, she's an Aussie, and the fans you know 
automatically do go right into patriotic mode and you know all that stuff so good for her i mean she really does she's doing a good job and 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 you know it's good to it's um you know it's a cool part piece to the collection if you can get a good eight by ten yeah that's that's something that i was more that i've seen of her like all right i'm like i'm, I'm comfortable trying to get an eight by ten um yeah so i think that's it there is a surprise later in the show that i went and talked to them at intermission but we'll we'll mention that later but other than that like that was pretty much it i didn't meet uh fred rosser like i i like the prime time oh i forgot about him yeah i didn't meet him either yeah i think that was uh pretty much it like talked to cardona for a second that was it so uh we actually had some uh pre-show matches yeah well let's uh kind of get into those yep the reason why I say kind of is because I really wasn't paying attention. <laughs> like we were talking during one of them. I think it was the um, tag match. It was the tag match. Yeah. PB mm-hmm. and uh, I'll let you lead it off. You want to lead off who's in that one? Yeah, it was uh, PB and Brian Carson who have now announced that their tag team name is going to be wrestling. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> do with that what you will versus Vic Vice and Hendrick Hawkins. So yeah. yeah, I mean it was it was a it, it was a pretty standard uh tag match. I, I think I first of all I, I I don't know if I'm the only one, but I love PB's entrance music so much. Um but it, it came out a little low so I didn't realize the match was starting because I think the mics were down a tad just before it started. But um yeah I mean him and Carson it works. Carson's really really abrasive and everybody hates him and PB too he can be a really good just asshole and uh and you know I, I honestly for for what we saw and what we were standing standing there for it was good it did help get the crowd pumped up you know uh, v, uh h2 v2 are, are they're coming along they're coming along as a tag team i'd like to see more of them solo but um yeah pretty good pretty good simple match to lead off felt very much like a dark match on a monday night raw or something like that so that was cool yeah unfortunately for h2 v2 they did not come out victorious it was brian carson and pb smooth picking up the win and then we also had austin james versus tyson riggs yeah i i really do love austin james i feel like he could be like a baby Derek dillinger one day he's he's thick um he's got like a really hard-hitting moveset uh tyson riggs i'm still not completely sold on either way um you know his his uh, gimmick what he comes out to and everything is fun but um, I really do like Austin James. I think he's got a lot of potential. I don't know if people would consider this an insult or a compliment, but I feel like, you know, Tyson Riggs is the next Dr. Dan. Uh, there is just that aura of Dr. Dan where all he had to do was like come out and it kind of pissed you off. And I, I feel the same way with Tyson Riggs. Like that's not, that's not something everybody has. Well, Dr. Dan had a, and I, I didn't, when I first came to AIW and seeing Dr. Dan, he immediately connected and he had this, like, he had, he had a very uh, strong connection to the crowd. I don't know if Tyson Riggs has that right now. I think right now people just kind of dislike him in general. He just, he's smug and he's not, and not in a character way. So I don't know um, if he's going to find that Dr. Dan, like almost like a, uh, uh, ironic hatred that people had of Dr. Dan. They just liked to hate him, but he was, they still loved him. He's got a long way to go. If he wants to get there. Another way he reminds me of Dr. Dan, and it also lumps him in with another wrestler that as soon as 
they came out for their first match, they knew who they were. Like they actually like did a little bit of character work. A lot of wrestlers when they debut, and this is not a knock on any of them, is it's just, hey, I'm so and so. I'm a wrestler. Uh, Doctor Dan, Tyson Riggs, and Frankie Flynn were all three wrestlers, in my opinion, when they first walked out, they actually had some sort of character to them. And not like, Oh, I'm just, like I said, I'm just, I'm some, I'm a new student. And my name is John Doe. Like, yeah, I am. Uh, we'll see. I'm not sold on him yet, but I'll, I'll give him a chance. You know, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all for, it's not like I'm going anywhere. I'll give him a chance to develop and, and see how he does. So we'll see. I mean, it's not like he's the top person in the class for me. I just right, right, <laughs> yeah. I just so I, you're 100 percent right. Yeah, I, I just see a little bit of value in him. It's just going to see like what he adds to that over time. Because even like even Doctor Dan and I'll fuck Frankie too. Like they started out with something and they really were able to build on it. And I, I think there's yeah. a lot. Of, there is a lot of potential with Tyson Riggs. I think most of this match, I was actually talking with Derek about some shit. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I'm a big Austin James fan, so I, I watch that one carefully. I really do think he's got, he if, if he changed his tights up a little bit instead of that that softball outfit, I think once he once he figures out what he wants to be, um, I do think he'll have he'll be kind of like a baby Derek. Hear that, Austin? Start getting tattoos. You don't have to tattoo <laughs> your body, Austin. You don't have, you don't have to do that. As my mom said after I got my like third, she was like, you don't have to do this, but. If you if you like you know what you see there and you think that move set can work for you, no, I think I think Austin can pull off the tights that Derek's got going on there. We'll see. Maybe he'll go full Abe knuckled wool shorts on us and put on the uh, face paint. That's a reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was uh, Tyson Riggs getting the win. I think uh, Derek said that was his first win. I think it was. Yeah. The oh, that's I think that's his first regular show win. Because I thought he beat um, Shaw Mason at at uh, Worcester, or not Worcester, uh, Wadsworth. Oh, the, the the outdoor thing. Yeah, the well, no, the Wad, Wadsworth show. Oh, okay. The show that just hit Fight Plus, I think. Rec- I think it did hit recently, and it was it was literally the weekend before AIW left Smart Mark. Oh, I'm trying to remember where that was. What was what was the where was that show? Wadsworth. No, but I mean, what was it? Was it a bar? Oh no, it was it was outdoor. Oh, okay. I don't remember. I don't think I ever watched it. So yeah, I don't know if they they count that win or not. But other than that, this that might be his first win because it's like we don't talk about that because he won and Shaw lost. Because <laughs> I remember at that point that shocked me. I'm like, oh shit, Shaw Shaw Mason lost. Yeah, I like Shaw a lot. So sorry to everybody on the pre-show. Didn't get a lot of notes. Uh, I wasn't even at my seat because. Uh, I think we covered it. I think the pre-show yeah. matches were short and they, they were made to just kind of get the crowd going. And I, I don't think that crowd needed any help getting going that night, which was cool. Mm-hmm. My first time at Tadmore. So it was very cool to see how packed and the crowd is completely different than uh, the Cleveland crowd, which is even cooler. So have you only been to Cleveland shows? No, no, I've been to, I, I've been to, um, I went to the Brook Park rec center. I've been to okay. Ohio nets. I've been to um, that church for UXWA that was uh-huh. when, when they did, uh, uh, when they had, uh, what's his face? Uh, I forgot. Um, I did, I've only been to, I only went to Odeon. I went to, uh, let's see, Mount Carmel, the Odeon, Brook Park, Ohio Nets. Oh, Parma for Lakewood. 
right? The one that we just did, the one in November, I saw that out there. So I've been all over the place. Okay. Yeah. I, I will tell you, I love the Odeon the best, but I still, um, I've been, I've been to a bunch of different places, but this is the first time in Akron. So that was cool. I, I do really like the new Cleveland venue. Uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be definitely in for that this summer when they're running, whichever month that is. Because I mean, granted, they got a lot of shit to work out, but the fact that like some of the things that I, I don't want to say I complain about, like I put value in, like I want a lot of room for the merch area because I want to be able yeah. to, I want to be able to walk around easily. Like it, it doesn't have to be like, um, perfect, but there's just been like, like with Mount Carmel or even with, uh, the Odeon where it's just like, it gets a little pack back there. And at, at, at Mount Carmel, it was just, if you had to go from one end of the merch area, like say by the AIW entrance, all the way to the other end where the doors were like you were battling people trying to get through too. Like it, it was horrible, but with the new venue, uh, plenty of room. Well, I like, I like that there's there. I like hearing like, you know, there's another room for merch. Like, so at creative pro, the only problem with creative pro when I go see them in Lindbrooks, they have two, they have two venues. They have one like in Ohio nets where they have this gigantic, um, um, uh, like you're, you know, you're in like a softball field and it, there's so much space to get merch. And then in Lindbrook, they have a separate room. It's like a bar room where they have everybody sitting in there to get their, um, to get their merch. And that's very cool, but it gets very crowded because there's only one way in and out. Um, but the, the venue last night, but Akron was not, wasn't bad. I thought, I thought the merch, there was, there was room. I, I think if it, the more crowded that place gets, the harder it definitely is to get at things. But I would assume if there's only three rows instead of four, it's easier to get stuff if there's, you know, but I was happy to see it as, as crowded as it was. Where the, where the meet and greet line is. I mean, that's, that's where it, I don't want to say it becomes an issue, but like when you have somebody like Ron Simmons or when they had Scott Hall there and literally that was like, madness. Yeah. That meet and greet line was madness on Saturday night to get to, to get to, I think, I think he was still taking last photographs at like the third match. Yeah. Which I'll get it before we get into the other matches. I will mention this uh, because I don't have an exact uh, memory of the matches that it would happen, but there, there were times that he was sitting at the table and he wasn't doing meet and the meet and greet as in there was nobody. I should say there was nobody up there. If someone came up, he would, I think he would have did it, but he was kind of given his own commentary and like he, there was some criticism stuff thing where there was multiple times in a few matches where he was like, uh, that, that looked fake. That looked fake. But there, there was another match in particular. And this is like, to me, just counterbalances everything. He, he jokingly said like, ah, oh, think I would have to make a run in, in this match like that pot me. Yeah. Yeah. I heard about that. He was, uh, if you were sitting over there with butters, right. And, uh, and yeah. the crew, he was loving on, on a couple of those matches. So we'll get to those. But, uh, all right, let's, uh, get into the proper AWDM card. Yep. We got the man dime and Zach Nystrom, AKA money shot versus bulking season, Arthur MacArthur, and Chuck Stone did a, you did have a money shot coming up and, you know, shaking hands with the Duke on their way out. Yep. I'm, I am not a huge fan of uh, a money shot. Um, I didn't, I was not uh, blown away by this tag match. If you will, I, I, I it kind of dragged for me. I don't like money shot. I think Arthur and Chuck 
are really good in certain scenarios, but their teams have to be the, the team they go against has to be different. Um, so I think, um, I think, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to bash Artie and Chuck because I think they're great, but I just don't think Money Shot brings out the best in, in bulking season. What don't you like about Money Shot? I, there's just something about him. It's just something that comes off that I, I just, it's not genuine to me. Um, but, they're going to be around for a while. I'm, I'm assuming. I know they've been in the, in the company for a bit, so you know maybe they'll change my mind. I, I got to see something more intense out of out of the. They need to be in a match against a team that's a little more intense. Chuck and Artie are great, but they're it's a it's a different style to me. I think it just it's just a different style. Who do you think they should go up against? Oh, money shot. Yeah, that like that would give you that you know intense. Match it's a good question. It's a good question. If I go, if if I'm going to go down the list, you know, I don't know how where they kind of fall in the in the pecking order. The main event would be good, uh, even to infinity and beyond. Um, you know, it, right now I think even the Rip City Shooters, something like that, in like almost like a bigger, more slamming type of way, I guess. Um, I, I like Artie and Chuck against like members only. I like them against PME. I like them against uh, uh, Bitcoin. But for some reason, Money Shot just doesn't sit right with me. And it's it's not. I'm not bashing them as their talent wise. It's just it's just not my thing. But it is you know they are what they are. See if I can pull up cage match for AIW because there's there's been a rivalry between um, Money Shot and TME at IWC. But I, yeah, and I don't I, think Money Shot is at IWC anymore. Neither do I. Well, you also have like, you know, the main event kind of taking some time off as a team for, right. for a, a little while. But uh, I, I, I want to say they've been in a match against each other at AIW, but I don't think it was a regular tag match. I think it was like a four way tag match. So I'm trying. Could it have? Could it have been with? Uh, could it have been with uh, when the Bang Bros were there? I believe so. Uh, it was, yeah, it was uh, AIW Jet Black New Year. Mm. And the main event uh, won that one. And it was, you know, Bang Bros were in there along with uh, members only in Money Shot. I, the one that I think you kind of hit on the head, that I was like, ooh, that's actually a good point, is that them versus To Infinity and Beyond. Like, you, you right now have Money Shot on their way to getting tag team title shot whether it be next month, month after, like it, it's going to happen. Like at, at this rate, if they remain undefeated in two on two tag matches, I think a real test for them because they, they just beat the former tag team champions. Yeah. Um, I don't see them going up against PME. I don't necessarily see them going up against rip city right now. I feel like they're uh, occupied with other things, but two infinity and beyond. If you can get through in to infinity and beyond, maybe you you really do deserve a tag title match. And we haven't seen to infinity and beyond in a while. Yeah, I think uh, I think old Colin's getting married soon, so I think we're gonna it's gonna be a while before that. I mean, Gauntlet is next month, and that could be enough time to get married. I think he's getting married next weekend. I don't know where they're spending their honeymoon, but why do I have a feeling it's Disney? Could be wrong. Hmm. But come gauntlet, that could be a nice little surprise, maybe even against Money Shot. Maybe, you know, they, they, you know we've beat, we beat, we beat your teams. Like, it's time for 
time for our shot. Then you got two Infinity Beyond coming. I got a nap. Yeah, we'll see what uh, we'll see what Thorne's got up his sleeve for that one. But yeah, I I like Money Shot. Uh, I like where we're going with them as a team. I think there's some other stuff that could potentially happen with them. I'm waiting for that story to be told, though. Yeah. Um. Uh, any other thoughts on this match? Nope. I didn't exactly get what happened. Uh, I think it was. I, I, I think it was some shots to the ball bag, um, and and Money Shot got the win. Yeah, I know Money Shot got the win via pinfall. I think it was maybe Elijah Dean getting the pin on Artie. Yeah. And then I got a I got a great picture of uh, Zach Nystrom uh, at the corner of the barricade taunting uh, Chuck's dad. Oh, nice. Because yeah, that, that is one thing we got at, uh, at the beginning of the match, because Chuck's dad just yelling shit, and then fucking Zach was yelling shit right right back at him. It was great. I like that. I like the interaction of fans with the fans in, in, these, in these crowds. They, all the fans, most of them at least, uh, and I haven't seen a lot who don't know their boundaries, but most of them know their boundaries, and that's great. All right, let's move on to the next one. Steph DeLander versus Ziggy Heim. Yeah, this one was just fun. And the crowd going crazy for Ziggy was awesome. Um, I, I that was the that was the kicker for me. It didn't matter what happened in the match. Her intro where she came out just all fired up, and I was over on the other side by the hard cam. And I, I don't know if there were some of her friends were over there. They were all smiles. Everybody was so excited. I I give you know the match didn't matter as much to me as that as how much the crowd was behind Ziggy and how much they hated Steph Delander who did her job very well. I think AAW as a whole has fell in love with. Ziggy and I mean that from like you know her very first moment she got a you know a huge pop when she debuted at AIW and it's it's well as long as as long as she's nuts like she is and they and and Derek throws her around and no there is no other girl like her uh on the indies that does what she does like is there is there another female wrestler on the indies who will take who whose tag team partner can th- can literally torpedo them into other wrestlers or their finish, the, the production's finish, that flipping, uh, um, I forgot what, what Derek calls it. But that move is so sick. Like, there's not one other tag team on the indies that does what they do. And that's what I think also, like, endeared Ziggy to everybody is how much she's willing to go through it. So it's great. She's great. I, I, love, I love how much people enjoy watching her. And it was like it was said, too, like, she doesn't get a lot of singles matches in the IW. So to have that opportunity was fucking awesome to see. And I kind of forgot, too, that, like, Jocelyn wasn't on the card. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I realized that when on my way out that I noticed that she was not on the card. But, um, they, you know, there's the AEW's always had one or two good women's matches that they've been able to put out for each show. So, you know, if Steph Delander's going to lead the way, great. If Ziggy's going to lead the way, great. If Jocelyn is. If uh, uh, Katie Arquette. Whoever they're going to get out there, they're good for at least one or two good matches on the card, and it switches it up a bit, and that's a good thing. Like, I realized she wasn't on the card, but I just kind of forgot, like, during this show, as weird as it sounds. Like, yeah, for yeah. some for some reason, I thought she was part of this match, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's Ziggy, not Jocelyn. Because Jocelyn was, you know, she was hanging around for the show. Yeah. She, she was, she's there. She helps out. She, uh, Jocelyn, you can hear her making her comments about the matches. It's, it's interesting. I sat over by her, um, and members only and, and Austin James listening to them kind of talk about each match. And it's also interesting to hear it from a, a wrestler side. So it was very cool. I didn't hear her as much through this show. The time you hear her the most is during a Broner match. 
It's fucking, I love it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Steph too. Um, I'm getting more familiar with her. Uh, I, I like what she's doing with Cardona. It's kind of, you know, what we mentioned before, uh, she's doing, she's been doing, you know, YouTube stuff with him and it, it's helping me, helping me as a fan, like get more invested in what, what they're doing. And it, this works here too. And to be able to replace Chelsea green and like not have it seem awkward is, is awesome because the thing that I like too, it's not the same kind of chemistry for right. obvious reasons, but it's not like, Oh, well, this is my, this is my wife who I love and all this kind of stuff. And she's hot. You can't have that dynamic instead. Like fucking Steph's more of a badass. So and yeah, she's a, she's a real heater for him. She doesn't need, he doesn't have to call her anything, but just a real, his partner is just a badass heater. And it happens to be a woman and it works. It was, uh, do you have anything? I should say, do you have anything else to add to this? No, no. Uh, Steph Lander. She uh, got the win via pinfall over Big Zig. Let's move on to the next one. Next up, we had the AIW Tag Team Championship Open Challenge. Of course, uh, the Bitcoin boys and the Duke get on the mic and fucking the Duke roast roasted anybody who opened their mouth. Unfortunately, uh, Reese was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> He said, Reese smells like pee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. I was laughing so hard. Oh, man. He he was so fast, and he shut down those dudes. Anybody who opened their mouth, he – and at one point, he was shutting down people so quick that fans were cheering for him. And Duke, as the professional as he is, turns around and gives me all that. I don't need you people to cheer for me and, and tears him apart. But – I think the Duke's starting to get is starting to go into the the gray area. I don't think he ever was an AIW, and I think he is. I think in his older age and his more wiser abilities, I think fans are starting to love him, like almost like a curmudgeoned old uncle who comes to your house on the holidays and causes trouble. I think people are starting to love him. Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. Or let, let's put it this way: just when you think you love him, he's going to do something to piss you off. I'm just waiting. Yeah. I'm just pretty much waiting for that point because, you know, there was that point in time where, you know, he was with Mance and it was like, yeah, Duke's awesome, and and here comes Jock coming back, and uh, him and the Duke turn on him, turn on Mance. So, well, I I am I am almost at the point where I say every time the Duke comes out, I was like I was like clapping like uh, like uh, Eddie Murphy and the Nutty Professor Hercules Hercules. I was I was loving the Duke tearing everybody apart. It was awesome. So we had this open challenge and then you know, there was all this roasting going on, but the Bitcoin boys and the Duke said there, there were some, um, there were some criteria that they had for people who could accept stipulations. Yeah. Um, I don't remember all, I remember the last one cause that's very important. Uh, couldn't they had to, they couldn't have been on the last card. Right. Or they had to be, no, they had to be, oh, I can't fuck. I can't even remember all of it. It was so they much had to be in the armed forces or something. Yeah, that like, was there was a bunch of stuff. That that was the big kicker. Where it was they had to at one time be a part of the armed forces. Totally blanking on the other two, but out comes Wes Barkley first. And that that was kind of mentioned on the preview about how you know he didn't have didn't have a match. Out comes after that Swoggle. But the best part was you had like the X Pac DX music kick, and uh, you see John Thorne pushing Swoggle out from behind the curtain. And giving him a crisp hundred dollar bill that Swaggle 
casually tucks into his tights before he walks into the ring. According to Thorne, that was a shoot. <laughs> that, that is 100% real. That is exactly his reactions because uh, in the, I think it was Monday, yeah, the on, in the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast group, somebody ironically posted a picture of the DX Army shirt that has Hornswoggle on it. And I was like, oh my God, we need to like a trademarked army shirt. Cause you had like Sean and Hunter and Swaggle like drawn on the front and on the back, it said DX army. So I'm thinking like you could just, you could do TM army and then try to find an artist, which I know they have enough. They know enough of them. I should say Swaggle knows enough of them that they can, <laughs> someone could recreate it as Bishop. It'd be great. You could get West. JCP designs to do it. He would do it perfectly could get jcp you could get uh an artist by the name of ttd you could get uh george feast you can get johnny clash they're they they, they do a lot of yeah graphic, yeah graphic people so they have that fucking i i might get a hold of george feast and johnny clash have one of them work me up one because i think it'd be hilarious but uh yeah we ended up getting the trademark name army versus the bitcoin boys and uh very entertaining i love swallow like since uh the time that i interviewed him and like getting to know him a little bit more and more just like when we see each other it's on top of that too like listening to his podcast that i recommend everybody go listen to it's only once every two weeks uh it's called going postal it used to be j an exclusive thing to the major wrestling figure podcast patreon Right. But they spun it off into its own podcast and they started from new. It's not like, oh, you know, there's all these old episodes behind a paywall. No, they started with episode one and like kind of like are redoing things. And it's in a way, too, it's a little bit different from the original format because he's he now takes the interviews that he does on YouTube or that style and like puts them in the podcast. And that's and that's even every other episode. So that's like once a month. Um, but that's cool. Yeah. So. I've got to talk to him a lot more. I even kind of what I was alluding to earlier of intermission. I went to go talk to him and just like bullshit with him about some stuff. And um, nonetheless, just all around awesome dude. I I'm happy that he's a part of the AW family and we get to see him, you know, multiple times a year. And like the kind of matches he has, he's not someone that has these like crazy matches or anything like that. Like he's now like a borderline comedy wrestler. Not he never it never goes full blown, but he'll have those spots because of his size, and I think it's hilarious every time. Still think the best swaggle match I ever saw was him versus Thorne at Absolution. <laughs> that was that the, the clothesline that Thorne hit him with was one of the sickest things I've ever seen. It was so funny. Um but yeah, that's that's definitely uh um that's definitely it made for a fun night. People were excited about it, and I, I had no problem with, with the way that went out. Um, I look forward to the Bitcoin boys getting into a more serious feud, but um, this was fun for the night. And I knew where they were going with it because they had other matches on there that were so intense that you really didn't want to take away from, you know, the rest of the card. So, And I might have been called out by the Bitcoin boys for, I don't want to say knowing who the uh, opponents were. But I, I kind of said it on the preview. I'm like, yeah, like <clears throat> we knew Wes Barkley wasn't going to, I wasn't in a match, but you know, he'll probably be there. And then I knew Hornswoggle was going to be in Hartville doing an autograph signing. 
So it would kind of make sense. Like, let's do this DX thing that has been joked around about since uh, the Akron or the Canton Street Festival. Yeah. And I, I didn't think it would happen. I mean, I thought if you're going to have Hornswoggle on the card, you would announce him. Nope. So still fun to see. Still fun moment. And I don't think people noticed it as much as I did. <clears throat> if you remember the last time Swoggle was at AAW, which uh, was an Akron show, he went to go walk down those steps and he almost fell. Or no, he did fall. He did fall. Yeah. He did. This time he, he, he had a spot where like he almost did, but he like caught himself. He's like, whoa. And then like continue to walk down. So all, all good there. But yeah, hands down, fun match. Love the Bitcoin boys. Love uh, name trademarked army or however you want to say. Yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it seems like we're going to see more of this going forward by the looks of it. We'll, we'll get to that part later. But uh, yeah, I, I, I find I find that interesting. It was fun. And it, it, it I believe this was the last one before. Uh, intermission, so a, a very good way to go to intermission. Nope. We had one more match before intermission. We did? Yes, we oh. did. Uh, Fred Rosser versus Dominic Greeny. Oh, why did I think this was right after the... Oh, stupid me. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My pal Dom Greeny and uh, Fred Rosser in that and in a just a monstrous thundering match. Um, uh, I don't know if you heard the story yet, but we were went to the DD, the Deadlock Pro Show last week, and Dom and Koo were coming out in the main event, and I, I went to go slap Dom a high five, and he just shot me into orbit over two rows of seats. Um, so I had to go and cheer on my pal Dom. I didn't want to get hurt again. So <laughs> I was cheering for him, and that's the first time I've ever seen Fred Rosser in a ring live ever. I've never seen one of his matches since he left WWE. And... Uh, you know, anything Dom is in is all good with me, but uh, that's the first time I ever saw Fred Rosser. I mean, this just continues to be putting, you know, Dom on a spotlight. He gets a, he gets another big name match and, uh, you know, just kind of jump into it. Yeah, he, he pulls out the win. You know, let's let's talk about that for a second. I know that I know what they do with Dom and I know where Dom stands in the hierarchy of AIW, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's no reason. Maybe you do it in the summer, whatever. He's got to get the title. He has to. He has to get the title one day. I mean, there's like three guys that I think need to hold the AIW title within the next calendar year to to 16 months, 18 months. And for me, it's Broner, it's Derek, it's Dom. Those guys, once Bishop is done with, with Cardona, whoever is the champ, Bishop has to either... Bishop will be the champion. Either go up against Derek, Dom, or Broner. Even Wes. I'll give Wes up there, too. So those four guys. I would love to see more from those four guys to shoot them up to the next, to the championship level, because I feel like sometimes I don't know where the champs are going to come from. But when I see a match like that from Dom and I see everything that Isaiah Broner's done and, you know, yes, they've lost some big matches, but they also have won some big matches. And Dom definitely deserves to be in that conversation you know, for the summer, even into the new year. I'd rather see Dom uh, win a tag team championship at AIW. Now, I don't, that'll never happen. I, I, I didn't say that. I think it was good. I said, that's what I'd rather see. Um, yeah. I think with Dom, uh, I don't think he's ever going to become champion at AIW. If my consolation prize would be, and I think people would be like, well, then 
if that's what you're saying, then it's going to be a waste. I would much rather see Dom win Jaylet. He could lose the cash in. Have him, you know, etch his name into the lineage of everybody who's won Jaylet. Because I, I feel like that would have been an honor. And actually, if we'd still have the, you know, Chandler Biggins Memorial Cup, that would be something that I would be 100% behind Dom winning. That's a curious question, too, for this year. I don't know if they're going to have a whole class to do a fresh meat card. Um, maybe go back to Biggins. Maybe you add a little bit of tag team action into the into that day. Um, but I doubt you'll ever see Violence is Forever in AIW, but maybe you'll see Koo single. But Dom should get a singles title run. I just believe that. I, I fully believe he should be holding that title, even if it is for a month. Remember when Sami Zayn won an NXT? He really didn't hold it for that long. You know, a month, two months. But just that one moment would be like when Tommy Dreamer finally won the belt against Raven. Like, it's there. It's right there. But I think of the list of the people you mentioned, Dom's going to be at the bottom of that list of possibilities of winning the absolute title. If I put my money on any of them, it would be Broner first. Derek. He's hurt now, so he needs to kind of start from the beginning. I, I'm, that's where I'm not sure where that's going to come from. Well, yeah, but at the same time, you, ha- you have Derek on that list, and Derek is currently a champion. I know, but that's the next logical step. For st- I'm saying 14 months, you could see Derek as the world champ. In that same amount of time, you could see Broner become, could do it. As long as he comes back from injury and he can do what he does, yeah. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully Broner does get uh, healthy. Did hear, I think it was in the IW Discord, there might have been a small setback that's going to put him out a little bit longer than originally thought, but not at a severe level of like, he's going to be gone a while. Yeah. I think uh, as of right now, Thorne did say post-absolution, and you know what's post-absolution? Jaylet. Uh, oh, Jaylet's going to be after absolution this year? Uh, last I knew, which could have changed, there are two. There were two Cleveland dates for the Odeon in September. Okay. So I would figure that would mean that's now at the new venue, and it would be September, which I kind of like. It, it puts a little bit more distance between it and Gauntlet, and as well as it and Absolution, because before it was, and this was like you know five years ago. Gauntlet was in March, Jaylet was in May, Abso was July. So that was all really close together. Now you have the opportunity if someone wins Jaylet, they might hold on to that until Absolution, and it'd be a longer time if if they did. But now, like now, you know they could cash in a Hell on Earth. They can cash in uh, the Rap Show. Like there's a lot more possibility. So, but regardless, we we are seeing a winning streak from Dom and I'm curious where that takes him. Cause yeah, I, I, I mentioned, yeah, yeah post absolution is Jay lit for Broner. And that's also time for Dom. And I think too, something that we need to mention is that's next month. Number one, Cybernetico de Mayo two. Dom was the one that won it last year. He could easily do the same thing again. And of course, gauntlet. Yeah, it, it could be it, gauntlet could be the opportunity for Dom um, could be the opportunity for Wes. I'm honestly, uh, Wes is red hot right now. As far as every time he comes out, the crowd goes nuts. So, you know, I, I, I'm curious. I'm very curious for Gauntlet where they're going to go with that. Any more thoughts on uh, Fred Rosser and Dominic Greeny? No, no. Yeah, like I said, uh, Dom, I got the win via pinfall and handed the mic to Fred Rosser after the match and uh, 
I don't want to say that he, uh, Fred Rosner cut a promo, but it was just, you know, kind of like him giving some appreciation to the fans and what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could honestly say, I don't know how many fans even remembered him. Um, you know, he's looked so completely different from his run in NXT. You know, he's a completely different wrestler. He's a completely different personality. Um, you know, so going up there and, and talking and everything, that's good to at least give the fans a little bit of an idea. But I don't know how many people, even at the Akron crowd, would remember him. Uh, I feel like a lot of people did, but I think he's he hasn't been talked about as much since, you know, doing New Japan. Like, within that circle and everything, yeah, but, you know, like, people aren't talking about Fred Rosser the same way they are or, or they were Matt Cardona. Yeah. And that's, that's not a knock towards Fred Rosser. Uh, um, Cause I think what, well, he, he, it's a different style. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not, he's not an Indies guy, Fred Rosser. He's a new Japan guy. And there's a complete difference there. Like, you know, Cardona now has, has ingrained himself into the independent world. And Fred Rosser is the, one of the head trainers at new Japan's dojo. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a completely different world and personality and skill set. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. And then after this, we did uh, get a little bit of uh Ron Simmons coming out talking about, you know, being back in Northeast Ohio. And I, I never knew Ron Simmons was part of the Browns. I guess it was only like practice squad, but still. Apparently he was drafted by the Browns. Yeah. So yeah, I never, I never even knew that, but uh, cool kind of moment. Of course, got to find a way to fit in Ron Simmons saying, damn. So that, that was fun. We headed into intermission. I did want to see Ron Simmons give Steve Guy a dominator and then say damn, but he didn't do it. I think we, everybody wanted to see it happen to the Duke, like, going into the show. Oh, I was the only one who wanted to see Steve Guy get it. <laughs> Why would you? What did Steve Guy ever do? Oh, no reason. No, no reason. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with the angry uh, Cleveland Cavaliers text that I get during the Knicks series. Nothing like that. Mm. Same same guy that when the, the Knicks lost, he never said anything. I, I only talk trash, Mr. Summers, when I am pushed. And I was pushed from your from the Ohio winds, from the middle of the country. I did not do the pushing. I was the push E, not the pusher. So I'm just answering back. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Well, at least you're you're not a Yankees fan. That's correct. Because I think this will be the, the second week in a row that I can prove that a Yankees fan does not listen to this podcast. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, I, I will say this. I was watching uh, the Rangers game at half at, at, the, at a, a intermission because the, the Rangers are playing the Devils that night. And um, watching that and watching Pedro and the crew, Austin James and crew, set up the steel cage, that was a sight to see. It was, it was uh, uh, efficient and quick. And they put that thing together in no time, and that cage looked great. And it was easy to look at, and it was easy to watch on TV because um, I went back and looked at it again. It, all in all, what a cool way to start the second half of the show with that ridiculously big and 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 uh, ominous steel cage that they put in there. It was great. I think what you're trying to say is let's uh, move on to the next match. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, we came back from intermission with... Josh Prohibition and M Dog 20 Euthanasia versus PME Philly Collins and Marino Tanaglia. And yes, during intermission, they put up this cage, which the only way I can describe it for those who haven't, who didn't watch the show, weren't there, in a way, it's like the old big blue cage from WWE. 
as in like it, it wasn't this fencing type material that you see with m- most cages it was more of that like square pattern but instead with i think with wwe theirs was i don't know if each side was one piece or two pieces i want to say they were just all one giant piece no they were each side had two pieces that interlocked so each side had two pieces that kind of hooked over each other um and it went around like that so there was two four there was eight pieces and the side with the door had the cutout with the door in it and it was uh it did look like the king kong bundy hulk hogan wrestlemania 2 uh steel cage that they got I, I, I liked how it looked. You could see everything inside. It was not like one of those chain link fences. And uh, and it looked like it held together really well. It was sturdy. You had some good spots on it. It held up. I got, I got worried for a minute, but then you didn't have to worry at all. It, it Everything worked out nicely with that thing. What I was referring to was WWE. The, the big blue cage was four giant pieces, one for each side. And uh, the AIW ring was actually three for each side. It was three. Yes. Uh, I'm looking at pictures of it right now. Oh, okay. My mistake, but they were all interlocking pieces that went around the ring as opposed to one long side on each. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're, I don't, I'm not necessarily throwing shade to anybody cause I don't know who did it, but, uh, there were two parts of the cage that were ratchet strapped together because it looked like a piece had already bent on one of those yeah. inter- interlocking arms. But, uh, Apparently they used it at the gathering of the Juggalos last year as well. I thought they so could. I thought they just yeah. bought this uh, recently. This was when they went to Kentucky and bought it. So they've already they've already used it once. My understanding. Okay. But let's talk about the match because we can all talk about how Philly Collins absolutely loves the business and uh, bled buckets, literally buckets. There was blood everywhere on the in the ring, on the mat, on the cage, on the floor. His blood was everywhere. Yeah, I think he loved the business more than anybody on this card. <laughs> not as maybe not not so not as much more than Tom Dunn, referee Tom Dunn, who was bleeding <laughs> a bit. But uh, this was a crazy steel cage match. The the the, the cross jumping off the top, uh, all the moves that they did off of like each other, off of you know off of the cage, using the cage for balance. It was it was just really well done. And uh, I, I enjoyed it very, very much. I enjoyed the finish very much. Just the whole thing got everyone invested, and it, it was just a sight. It's something that you don't see that much of in AIW. You know, we, we had that ladder match, the tag team ladder match, um, but the cage is always such a spectacle, and it feels so important. So if they only bust that out once a year, maybe twice a year, it would be beneficial to them because the cage looks looks great and the match meant so much more. Well, Josh, why was Tom Dunn bleeding? He was bleeding because Papa Pep came out, and we had all sorts of problems in the ring. Yeah, you, you think we're done with Papa Pep after uh, the last show? No. No, you had Papa Pep come out, uh, remove the lock, uh, have an altercation with um, Tom Dunn. I couldn't exactly see it. Like, what, was it Tom Dunn tried to choke slam? Yes. Papa Pep, but he couldn't? Uh, somebody interfered. Nonetheless, I thought, it, yeah, I thought it was like he was trying to, but like maybe it was he got distracted by the like chain link, uh, well the chain around Papa Pep, and it turns out it was uh it was a chain in a, of a new lock because once uh they got rid of Tom Dunn they put a new lock on. Oh, and uh, 
they got M Dog out of the cage. Oh, that's right. And they were beating on Prohibition a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought out those cuffs that they didn't use. Um, but then, then, then you had the the dive from M Dog who climbed the cage. Um, yeah, there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on. Yeah, M Dog was a little hesitant on like climbing up that cage at first, and I'm thinking like M Dog, you've jumped off a lot of crazy shit. You you tell me you you're not jumping up or you're not first thing you don't do is uh, climb up that cage. Come on, man. Yep, he went up there, and uh, and then they they handcuffed Philly C and busted him open more and covered him with uh, uh, a plastic bag straight out of the movie Casino, and they beat him up and got the pinfall, and it was a it was that was a sick sick ending. I loved it. Oh, you can't forget too that uh, J Pro just wanted. Uh, philly to apologize oh yeah yeah and basically philly said fuck that (laughs) there was a lot going on yeah nonetheless euthanasia won via pinfall and and then they took down the cage which did not take too long i think the way they uh distracted people on the the stream is you had uh wadsworth and uh dustin alberti talking yeah alberti and and was that were you talking about for the cage match like after the cage match, like when the when the oh, okay. when the cage was coming down. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen the intermissions or anything like that yet. I haven't gotten that far in the broadcast. But I think uh, Pam was close to me, and she had a stopwatch going, and it only took about five minutes. Yep, which is definitely not that bad. Very impressive, especially for a, a an independent show. Very impressive. All right, let's move on to the next one. Filthy Tom Lawler versus Shaw Mason versus Chase Oliver versus Derek Dillinger for the AIW Intense Championship. One classic AIW scramble, classic. One note that I have here is, man, we could really see Phil. Uh, Why did I say Philly? Um, filthy Tom Lawler and Shaw Mason as a tag team. Like, I think they worked well together in this match when there was a time that they had to. That's not a bad, actually, a bad idea. Actually, it is not a bad idea. If if they if they wanted to add to that tag team division, that would be a that would be a, a very, very um, uh, interesting tag team. And you have, you know, Philly. Not, fuck, why I keep saying Philly? Filthy uh, kind of mentoring a, a student, helping him along the way. Yeah, I think, I think that could be a really good one. Nonetheless, um, yeah, this match was fucking crazy. Yeah, it was really good. It was really um, uh, hard hitting. There were some crazy spots. Shaw Mason looked great in, in a match that he, you know, he was probably the smallest out of everyone. Um, you know, you got your Chase Oliver spots in. You got your Derek Power spots. Um, Tom Lawler just just doing what Tom Lawler does. It was it was exactly what was needed. I was actually glad because I don't know if you saw the pattern. Derek's matches have been just before the main and they're so crazy sometimes that the fans kind of run out of gas by the main event because you have to follow that match. So I was glad they had something in between Derek and the main event because the intense title shouldn't follow directly. The world title shouldn't follow directly after that. So I was glad that it was in the spot it was in. It was great. You still had a crazy fans. Everybody was cheering. It was it was good stuff. Cheryl Mason always has a lot of people there. It was it was awesome. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you should have a lot of the titles, if not all of them, on the second half of the show. Obviously, there's reasons why that doesn't always happen that way. But 
having the the intense title match being second to last or even for this matter uh third to last still make does make a lot of sense yeah yeah i like it i like it third if you're gonna do if you're gonna if it's not the main event that night it should be on the second half but not back to back with the main event it's there's just too much going on in those matches that you need people to come down from because they're so crazy i think i think butter said that a while ago but then it kind of bit him in the ass because he did have bishop versus filthy be the the main event and the way that match unfolded uh well, in a number one needed to be the last match, and number two, you had a lot of a not a lot. Of, you had a, you had a few surprises that really helped us stand things out. Well, well, if you remember the last Akron show, it was that Paul London match, and then it went right into Filthy and Bishop. So that Janella London Derek that match was batshit crazy, and there was no come down, and you had to go right into the main event. So I think. That's why I like that, that match separating those two styles because Bishop always wrestles a really intense style. Derek always wrestles a really intense style. So when you can separate them by a match or two, just to let people catch their breath, I think that works better. Is there anything else to say about this match? Just... Uh, Chase Oliver was very tan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was so, so tan. And then he wears the, the green and yellow, and that actually like highlights it even more. Yep. So very tan. Everybody uh, that owns a company that's listening to this, go up, go book Chase Oliver. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, Derek pinning Shaw Mason to retain the AIW Intense Championship. With a very ugly curb stomp onto the title. I love that finish. It was great. Yeah, Derek's already shared a bunch of pictures of it, uh, the IWTV feed of it, I think it was. Yeah, it's... Not Good idea. stuff. Fight, fight plus. All right, let's move on to the next one. Kaplan versus Sam Holloway. Listen, Sam Holloway. First of all, Kaplan needs no no introduction, no nothing. But Sam Holloway, he's lost weight. His trunks are on point. He looks just like Mike Awesome. This was the match he needed. These two guys were behemoths slamming into each other. There was some big ass spots that Kaplan, his dive, throwing Sam out of the ring, Sam going like hitting his head against the barricades and going underneath. These guys are monsters. It was Kaiju's battling it out in the ring, and it's exactly what was needed. I love Sam Holloway. I think he's going to be a really, really big star. Um, and Kaplan's the right guy to go against that last night. It was great. I, I enjoyed that match. The, la- the second half of the show, I loved. So you're not going to hear anything negative out of me on those matches. That that was a great match, and uh, God bless him for winning that match. I was real happy that he took it. Yeah, I was about to say, like, Sam Holloway with the shocker of the night, pinning Kaplan for the win. Yep. Literally right after it happens, I my eyes just shoot over to Butters, and, like, he, like, even holy shitted it. Like, I don't think any of us expected that. Like, maybe you wanted Sam to win, but it's like, yeah, it's Kaplan, this – you know, this is an insane motherfucker. He hits hard, like a little bit seasoned vet compared to Sam Holloway. Fucking Sam pulls it off. Yeah. Very pleased. Love seeing all the Sam Holloway fans. Love seeing, you know, Kaplan selling his jerky before. Just that match was just two people who I enjoy. I could watch them on any card. And uh, I, 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 you know, I know Kaplan does his own thing. I'd love to see him in like a GCW ring or like a, action pro wrestling or just something no one's ever seen a guy like him before 
You know, he just goes out there and just cannonballs himself through the ring. He's just fantastic. It was great. Great match. Way to separate those two title matches also. Just just good stuff. All right, let's uh let's move on to the main event. Josh Bishop versus Matt Cardona for the AIW Intense. Uh the Intense, the Absolute Championship. I'm off today. But anyway. You you want to talk about tans. Both of these guys, <laughs> fantastic tans. Absolutely. Matt Cardona's starting to look like my mother in the 80s when she would go to California and sit out in the sun all day long. His skin is going to look like a leather bag after a while. I mean, Matt Cardona is he, – he, but he just exudes, exudes stardom. Um, everything he does feels big. And Bishop is just so he's, – he's come in five years, and I saw him in No Consequences or whatever. In the amount of time that I've seen him as that little skinny, you know, long-haired kid – to what he is now, he has got the look buttoned up. He knows exactly what he is. He knows exactly what he needs to do. It's it's a pleasure to watch two guys in the main event who are both main event stars. It really is. There, There's a lot of shenanigans. There's a lot of things that go on. But those two, when it's one-on-one with the two of them, they, are, they exude stardom. Yeah, there was a lot of shit that happened in this match. Yeah. And I don't know if I necessarily remember all of it. Yeah. Because uh, you had uh, you had PME come out at one point. Obviously, you know you have Bill Alfonso and Steph Delander coming out with Cardona. They they played a part in all of this. And I, I'm just gonna say this: I have learned something from two shows that were actually I think one year apart to the day, and that is if you are wearing a cup to protect yourself from a low blow, don't take it out. You still. Yeah. You still might need it. We learned that last year with Cardona versus uh, J-Pro, and we saw it again with Cardona versus Bishop. Like, literally kind of the same thing where it's just like, ha, I've outsmarted you. I had a cup on, and they take it out. I'm like, come on. <laughs> just just be like, ha, ha, I got a cup on. That's like uh, that's like when every time somebody goes for the spear and he's wearing like a chest protector, and then they pull the chest protector out to show it off. As opposed to just letting it sit till the end of the match, right? And then you then you show it off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a good point. Um, there was I, I will say this. There was a lot I think there was too much that went into this main event as far as shenanigans goes. One thing that I will ask the question of the AIW locker room, and I asked everyone who was sitting next to me, Austin James was behind me, uh uh, uh Jocelyn, members only, hey. Why won't anybody get in the ring and help Bishop? Why does everybody watch as Bishop and Philly and Marino? I mean, as Philly Marino and Delander and Fonzie, they all just take advantage of Bishop. When is there going to be some way to keep that interference out of the ring? As we saw earlier, when is there going to be some sort of cage, some sort of stipulation? There's too much interference in the main event scene with Cardona. That's the one gripe I have with Cardona. He's a, he's first of all, he's so big. He doesn't need 9 million guys helping him out at the end. There has to be a point where Cardona doesn't need interference in a match. That's my one gripe about this match is that, and if there is going to be interference, Bishop should get help from the IW locker room since everybody hates Cardona supposedly in the locker room, right? So why can't anyone else help him? Everything you just said is, well, not everything, but like 
part of what you just said is the same shit I've heard about people bitching about Roman Reigns. And I kind of, uh, I kind of say the same reaction that I have for them. It works. No, no, I'm not saying it doesn't work. Oh, no, but I'm no. saying for me, my only gripe is that I'd like to see them go one-on-one. What, what? I don't care about the interference, but it can't happen every time. Give me a match. Give me a match with the two of them, one-on-one. What, what I'm talking about that it works is from the point of view of Matt Cardona. Right, right. If this is how I'm doing it. It works. Same thing, same thing with Roman. Like I've literally heard people say, like, oh, it's um, he always wins his matches the same way. You know, it's always, it's always you know, Solo or the Usos. It's like, yeah, it's a, it's a numbers game, and it works for him every single time. The point would I would guess is someone has to overcome that numbers factor, and yeah, it felt like, and I mean maybe it always does feel like it was Cardona. Like you feel like it's close, and then something happens, and it tilts it the other way. And the thing that uh, I'm really interested to see where we go is you did have Wes come out and help. You also had Swoggle come out, and I was like, oh, are whose side is he on? Like, yeah, he just tagged with Wes, but we know he doesn't really like Wes and uh, Bishop that much. Like, like obviously, Cardona's one of his good friends. Well, he did give Cardona the, uh, the, the, the old in-the-bag move, so, you know. And then, on top of that, the best stunner I have ever seen, <laughs> fucking Swoggle doing it to Cardona. Like, super, super Swoggle stunner right there. That popped me, and I'm like, okay, where are we where are we going with Swoggle, Bishop, and Wes, and then where are we going with Swoggle and uh, Cardona? Yeah, like I don't think we're gonna have Swoggle versus Cardona for the title. That could be a fun match, but to me, I don't think it seems likely. But I think we're we're we're, we're definitely doing something because, right. uh, yeah, you don't just pull that stunner out of nowhere. But yeah, there there were a lot of other shit that happened. I think that's what that's what kind of makes these matches so interesting because I think I thought Cardona was going to win, but we were getting the absolution match that we didn't get, so I could have easily seen uh, Bishop winning. I mean, I agree. I wanted Bishop to win anyway. I mean, I didn't. I just didn't see. I I couldn't see why Cardona needed to hold it any longer or even get it back and give it right back to Bishop. But it is what it is. I mean, he lost. I guess they'll have they'll have some place to go as far as um, uh, Gauntlet or Jaylit or something. Um, but you know, at some point, I get concerned that what will you, what happens to Bishop when he's not chasing for the title? That's there. There, I start to get concerned for him. Um, I don't want to say Bishop doesn't need the title, but Bishop could also go after the tag titles again. That's not necessarily a demotion because. Uh, we all like to see him and Wes together. Oh, I would be fine with the Rip City Shooters having a title run again. Um, you know, I but but isn't but why you know? But then you think about Wes, and maybe it's Wes's turn to hold some gold. You know what I mean? Like it just it's it's a strange strange spot as far as what where AIW is. They have a handful of guys that are ready to take a leap. So how do you get them there? Um, I would say one at a time. And then also, some of them, you don't necessarily have to have them be around the title. Like, I'll use, for example, it's the same thing, but a little different, is uh, PME. PME, great tag team. You know, 
former tag team champions and they should realistically always be in title contention one way or another. But that division is so stacked. If you can find a place for somebody like PME or a wrestler in general, that is they're away from the title picture, but they're still, they're still doing something that gets you invested like the euthanasia storyline. Yeah. That, that, that's the kind of thing that it takes. Like no one thinks like, Oh, like, PME should be going after the tag titles. You know, they shouldn't be worrying about euthanasia. No, it's like, we, we want to see that. We wanted to see this story. We wanted to see, um, what was going to happen at the last show. Like it is would PME. Well, but, but, but the, but PME were kind of listless for a little bit. Uh, they, they struggled after they lost the tag titles, um, after they were out of the picture and they, they kind of floated aimlessly for a few months before they joined up with Cardona became and went heel. So, you know, I don't want to see anybody have to like kind of what do they call it? Become kind of stagnant. But that's what happened to PME before they found their niche now, which is, you know, they're really good bad guys. So, you know, I just I, I just wonder how you get you get to the next steps with some of these guys who are ready to take those next steps. That's all. Not in a bad way. That's a good problem to have. You have a bunch of guys who are ready to be stars. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but it was a good match. The ending was was all over the place, but it was what it was and, and didn't, have, didn't, it didn't hurt the way I felt about the match or the show. I thought the whole thing was great. So yeah, it was uh, Cardona pinning Bishop to retain the AIW absolute championship. And I think according to Cardona that he's saying Bishop doesn't get any more title shots. When did he say that? Uh, I believe he's, uh, I think he said it on this week's uh, major wrestling figure podcast that hasn't aired yet. Oh, but I've heard it. Well, then it's time to see where that goes. Because uh, he could say that, but there is like a little loophole. They're still gauntlet. Yep. So maybe maybe Bishop wins back-to-back gauntlets. We'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. That would be very interesting. Or he wins Jaylet. You never know. We'll see what happens down the line. All right. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Uh, yeah, on Twitter, I'm jgold 12 Instagram, jgold 12 And then you can find me on my podcast, The uh, Indie Wrestling Guide. Um, on Twitter, it's IWGuide1. Um, and you can check out uh, all of our episodes on there. And we also have a YouTube page, Indie Wrestling Guide. Um, so check it out and uh, check me out on Twitter. Hey, who won that AIW draft episode? Marcy. <laughs> she won by one percentage point. Was it one? I thought it was a bit more yep. than that. No, it was one point. Oh, poor Jayhawk. Yep. All right. Of course, you can find myself at jsummers330 on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email, if you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And let's go over those places that you can listen to this show where you can rate review and subscribe. That would be Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Stitcher, tune in YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon music, or Podbean rest and cheers. Podbean.com. And in the show notes, there is a link tree link to all of them. Check out our podcast friends, such as hiya bussy, super fantastic podcast, the indie cast, Sobros network, Biff radio, Game Marks Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, Power Driver Podcast, Fully Posable, Positively Pro Wrestling, Indie Wrestling Guide, If You Catch My Grift, At Odds with Wrestling, Marks with Mics, Juggalo Rewind, X Over, 
This ends at prom and porch talk. Check out our other non-podcasting friends, such as The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Danger Zone Video in Juliet, Tennessee, Heart of Gold, Toy Ohio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, 20 by 20 Apparel, JCP Designs, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially uh, if you're the intense champion and you go on before the main event. Later. <laughs> Later. It's the Wrestling Cheers. Get up on your feet. Brighten in your day in the middle of the week. And you gotta love the show. Yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast. Talking wrestling in Ohio. Finishing a cold one. Take a load off. We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh. So we cheers. And then we sit back. Other shows are in the trash. Kinda like they Nick Stapp. Like the name is Matt Justice. Wearing all the gold. Wrestling Cheers is coming to a close. The number one podcast going in the game. And one day everybody's gonna know the name. It's the Wrestling Cheers. This is Platinum Max. Signing off. Ohio. Good night. The world. Good night. We love you. We'll see you next week.